Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Adventure Jogger podcast brought to you by Scotty's Nipple Tape. You see, I told you I would read whatever you put on Patreon. Connor O'Neill, O-Tram, Jessica Walton, and all of our Patreon supporters, and of course you. I'm talking to you, the listener. The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Hey, Teresa, how are you? I'm great. Um, hanging out. I'm kind of fangirling right now, so... <laughs> fangirling over little old me yes um i'm not gonna lie i didn't know about your podcast until our friend tagged me and saying get her on her podcast or your podcast and then i may have the record of listening to the most podcasts of yours in a row so definitely (laughs) podcast binge your show and i'm addicted so move over netflix binge podcast <laughs> first of all teresa i am sorry no one should be listening to my voice for that long like that's a lot of me stop. <laughs> well, first of all and i want people to know like this is not a requirement to be on the podcast if i ask you to be on the podcast you do not have to stream all nearly 200 episodes of the adventure jogger to catch up but I, it's been so fun. I appreciate you doing it, and and I appreciate you coming on today. There's so many things I'd like to talk to you about. Um, just kind of doing my research and you know, scanning your your Facebook page and your Instagram account, and just kind of searching little old me. Yes, doing doing some research. But I want to start before we get into the running aspect of it. I always like to give people an opportunity to kind of share their story, where they're from how they grew up, when running became a part of their lives and all of that sort of fun. So we'll start with you, Teresa, right from the start. Like, where is home for Teresa Bowser? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in a little town in Ocala, Florida, um, kind of smack dab in the middle of the state. You can get to each coast probably about 30, 45 minutes um, out in the woods, country. I did not grow up running at all. I grew up, I did gymnastics. I was a little teeny tot, did cheerleading in high school, and then went to college at Florida State, where I always joke, but I majored in partying. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> PR running to the bar. How many shots can you take? So I didn't really have any background of sports or competitive lifestyle growing up. It was very party central. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't get into running till probably about four years ago, five years ago. Um, I got started with Spartans and kind of accidentally fell into that good old Facebook ad came up on Facebook and I was like, what is this thing? Um, that looks fun. Go run in the mud. I guess I'll try that. And I went out and did that for fun as like a fun run. And right then and there, I didn't know there was like age group and you can compete or anything like that. But I was like, what are these red headbands and podium what is that? So I started to enter age group Spartan races and did well doing that. And that just kind of led me to here. Um, COVID shut down Spartan and I just started running and yeah, we can okay. go into some more details there, but that's kind of like the nitty gritty of it. Yeah. You couldn't have just walked in out of shape to a Spartan race and start being like, oh, I'm going to age group this thing. There had to have been some fitness like you, you can't just count your fitness on. I partied at Florida State, and, and it's so hard to party at Florida State that I decided, you know, this is all the exercise I need. Um, but fitness must have been at least some part of your life before you jump into Spartan. Yeah. So um, I grew. Well, I moved to Colorado from Asheville mm-hmm. after Florida State. Moved to Asheville, and then I wanted to go snowboard, um, mm-hmm. and I was not get a snowboard in Asheville. It's cool here. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But if I was to get a snowboard, I wanted to do it in the mountains, mountains. So went out to Telluride, Colorado back in the day when Telluride wasn't on Instagram. Like, I think I still had a flip phone back then. <laughs> like I'm dating myself here. Um, and still partying out there, had fun. But that's when I kind of started to realize I wanted a little bit more out of myself. So, okay, what is this going to take? Um, I started doing beach body, started doing insanity workouts, and I fell absolutely in love with insanity. So it was kind of like fitness kind of cha- um, saved my life, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. Without fitness, like you can't wake up and do insanity hungover. Like you can't do burpees hungover yeah. the next day. Like you just can't. Um, so slowly and slowly and slowly fitness and working out became more of a passion and i stopped drinking and kind of got sober i still drink but sober in like the party party lifestyle um you noticed something you noticed that you know living living the living a snowboard lifestyle in telluride involved a lot more partying that you'd anticipated and you wanted a little more for your life and insanity. Now that's yeah. is that is Sean T. That's Sean T. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I've I've done insanity workouts before. And Sean T, the best way I can describe him is like he's like David, he's like he's like David Goggins before David Goggins yeah. was David Goggins. Yeah. You know, and yeah. David Goggins with a slight sense of humor. Because I've never I've never seen David Goggins laugh. I've tried to get him on this podcast <laughs> to get him to try and laugh, but he won't respond to my emails and and all that. Yeah. But but Sean T, I always remember like 
they would they would focus in on some gal and he'd go, look at those abs, look at those abs, you want those abs? Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, I started teaching insanity and like that. So I moved to California and I started. So I started be like teaching insanity and just one more like leveling up. Like you really can't teach when you're partying. Like you can, yeah. might be able to do an at home workout by yourself, a little like not feeling really good. But when you have to teach and show up you really have to step up and so that just kind of like made me up level one more one more time so i got really into that um and once again like that was just a whole nother level of changing who i was and that's when really like personal development and changing the mindset and really working on the mental side of things came in yeah um and yeah so started doing that and that's when I saw the, I don't know, Facebook, they, they started listening to me and I was just doing these things and they threw the Spartan thing in my face. And I was like, oh, I've been doing Beachbody for so long and I've been teaching insanity and doing insanity. And I was in Colorado, moved to California, and by now I'm back in Asheville. So it was a long time frame. Like this did not happen overnight. Like it took years to get me to the point of being able to be in a Spartan race, for sure. Yeah, but insanity, it that's not easy, by the way, folks. Uh, P90X, <laughs> insanity, all of that stuff, I mean, that is, that's a legitimate workout. You can't really fake, well, you can, because Sean T's not there to look at you and, and call yeah. you out. But for whatever reason, with him on the TV, you're like, I don't want to let Sean T down, even though I've never met Sean T. And I don't want to let Tony Horton down, even though I've never mm-hmm. met Tony Horton. Uh, it, it is a, a heck of a workout. You talked for a minute, and, and you can say pass. We'll go to the next question. You talk about the mental changes for a minute. Um, what, were, were you finding that just you weren't in a great space and you needed to change kind of how you thought on some things like like expand a little bit more on the mental side of things because i think it leads into ultra running it really does and i still use so many of those tools today i'm such a proponent of the mental side of everything in everyday life you have to have you have to be a ready like ready to change and ready to take that on Mm -hmm. like there are parts of my life where i was doing things but there's such a big gap sometimes and if you don't change your mental side of thinking then you're not it doesn't allow you to like push that lever a little bit more Mm -hmm. having that like you can do things all day long but you might come to a roadblock and you might might not think that you can get over that roadblock, mm-hmm. but pushing the lever in the mental side, whether you're there physically in like a physical challenge or emotionally and emotionally challenge, um, getting to be sober or getting out of any hard part of your life, taking that on and knowing that you're capable in that mental way, oh man, that could just release so many things. And it's so cool to like, understand it and allow it to happen and be there for it and strengthen that and like watch your progress yeah that happening what was step one for you for the mental toughness to you know build that in you i think honestly in like all honestly breaking down to the point of allowing it um getting to the point of just 
release and surrendering mm-hmm. to whatever was like happening in your life yeah. and like wherever you're at and opening yourself up to learning and growing and taking in new things. Like you have to take in new things because you can't always be where you're at. And in order to grow and to get to where you're at or to go someplace next, you have to be like open for something new. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. You know, so many of us, Teresa, aren't open to new experiences. There's so many people that get locked so much in their own ways, in their own way of thinking, in their own routines, and they hold on to so many things, right? And I think now, especially, my God, society is teaching everybody that you are some sort of victim. If you you think about it long and hard enough, (laughs) you are a victim, darn it, and you deserve to be treated like a victim, and that victim mentality is so crippling, because, you know, it's like it's almost like you want to shake people and say, listen, we've all been through horrible things. And some of us have been through worse things than others. I mean, so I, I got a uh, Teresa, I got an easy life. My parents have been married for 50 years. You know, they provided a wonderful home. They, they gave us everything. I've got a beautiful wife and beautiful kids. There are people that have been through some serious crap. You know, I've interviewed them on this podcast, people that have been through things. And I'm just like, my God, how do you do it? And it's always the ones that don't have the victim mentality, but the survivor mentality. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so weird. And, and, and people will even notice. And I don't know if this is you. So you can say, that is, I don't know what you're talking about. Let's move on to the next thing. <laughs> um, but people will start with a victim mentality that all these things have been done to me and I can't, I can't break free from these things that have been done to me. Poor me, poor me, poor me. And there's this moment where some people switch and it's like, oh, wait a minute. These things be it horrible or whatever, have helped define me for who I am, have made me a tougher person. If I can survive these things, my God, what can't I do in life? If If I'm a survivor of these horrible things, look at the power I have. And it's so interesting to see the survivor mentality is so empowering. And I think it, it's fighting. Like you have to fight yes, for it. Yes. Like, yes. The victim mentality is just giving up. It's just giving up mm-hmm. and it's living in in sadness. It's living in just woe is me, where the survivor mentality is like, yes, you you're a fighter. You know? Yeah. And and you recognize like the victims, you had to fight through some shit, right? Mm-hmm. The survivors realize mm-hmm. they, they had to fight <laughs> through that crap. And sometimes, like, you don't really know what you're fighting for. Like, there's so many moments where you're just, you you know deep down inside. And it's one of the things, like, I'm so passionate about, too, that if your heart is calling you to do something or if you, like, feel this, like, inner, like, desire to do something, then fight for it, even if you don't know exactly what that is. And I think that was, like, a lot of my journey of, getting healthier, like getting you and like fitness was my tool. It might not be your tool, mm-hmm. but utilizing that thing and just 
going with it and trusting it and knowing that like you're doing something better even if it doesn't make sense in the time like i didn't know what i was doing but here i am now talking to you so i did something right Right. i I still don't know what i'm doing you know like i'm just i'm just here um why why are you talking to me (laughs) well hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I mean, I'm <laughs> talking to you because but you've had one hell of a journey. Yeah. <laughs> utilizing those heartstrings so much and just keep fighting for what you really truly believe in even if you don't really have like a set goal um you can set those little mini goals and just make one day better than yesterday and yeah you're gonna come out on top i know it's i, I some people are big goal people and, and that's great. i always mm-hmm. I always really am envious of the big goal people who have like this is my my big goal these are the things I'm going to do to achieve it and so on, where I kind of sometimes just feel like things just kind of happen. <laughs> I'm like a little bit in between. Like I'm hungry for goals, but at the same time, I'm like, let's see where this is going to take me. I don't know. Well, let's just go. Right. The worst <laughs> that thing. That riddle and in me. <laughs> right, right. The, the worst thing you could ask me to do is fill out a vision board. You know, it's like, hey, Ryan, I want you to fill out a vision board. Where do you want your personal life to be where do you want your running life to be where do you want your podcast to be and i'd be like i just want to make it to tomorrow (laughs) right 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 i just want to make it to tomorrow that's all i want to do um so it's kind of cool and and i think you may be a great example of the algorithms of facebook moving you in the right direction you know, I've I've joked for a while. My my whole algorithm on Facebook right now is hair dye, uh, ten dollar a bar man soap that's supposed to make you smell manly, and erectile dysfunction medication. That is my entire algorithm right now. <laughs> well, the big question is, what color hair dye are you looking at? You don't know. No, it's supposed to get rid of gray. I get like all this just for men. Like I have like, it's funny because I have like maybe three or four grays somewhere uh, in there. But for whatever reason, Facebook's like, this dude's 45. So we know he's got gray hair. We know he wants some soap that makes him smell like an alpine forest. And maybe he's got some erectile dysfunction problems. We're just going to attack him well, that way. I'm in the health optimization platform. <laughs> I can help you in that. <laughs> I got a great hair stylist. <laughs> the algorithm. I don't know about your issues, but I got two out of three. <laughs> Boy, let me tell you, the algorithms have brought us together. They, someone, Zuckerberg knew this is just what I needed. In my life to make everything. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, but back to back to you. Um, the algorithms. <laughs> Finally, Zuckerberg's done something right. He may be destroying America, but he pushed Teresa Bowser into the Spartan world, and that had to have been fun because that. Oh my gosh! I loved it. Spirit of competition, right? I mean, you are doing some really cool it was it was great like i was in so what got me 
kind of like I might be skipping a question or two, yeah. but COVID happened. So slowly the Spartan races started to shut down. So I don't know, like if I would still be super competitive elite level Spartan racer if COVID didn't happen, mm-hmm. or I might've eventually made my way to trail running, but I wasn't. So I was competing for Spartans. So I was kind of trail running just to like keep up my aerobic, but it was more functional fitness and then a little bit of running on the side. Yeah. And once COVID started to slowly shut down all the races, I didn't want to stop training at the time because it wasn't official official, but the world was ending at right, the time. Right. So I started right. to run a little bit longer um, just because I had extra time. I wasn't working. Um, I was in a different job at that time. And eventually it was just like done, done. And my friend dared me to go run a 50 mile race. <laughs> I was like, I haven't ran more than 15 miles. <laughs> right. I guess I'm going to do this 50 mile race. So that's, here and then again here i am now so um covid might have been a huge part of that too or i could have slowly gotten into running as well and there are some like hiccups and more obstacles after that 50 mile race i had kind of like a lapse in time um mm-hmm. but yeah but essentially the reason why you're here on the podcast is because a lab in wuhan china and facebook <laughs> algorithms that's what brought you <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're here. Thank you, Wuhan. <laughs> I love the journey, man. It's all about the journey. If you can't love your journey of like wherever you're at now and like appreciate your training journey or like the journey of getting you to where you are, then like you're doing something wrong. Like the journey is the like, this is the most fun part. Like the races are icing on the cake, but every day it's, it's such an adventure. <laughs> no, you're right. And it's and when you look back, I think sometimes and I've mentioned this a thousand times on the podcast, sometimes we just, we're with ourselves all the time, right? So we don't ever really stop back and reflect. Unfortunately. Right, right, exactly. Unfortunately, we're with ourselves all the time. Uh, we never <laughs> have that moment to, to stop and reflect on how far we've come. Even if we are no longer, like I am not in peak shape anymore. I'm not. There was a time when I was, I was quick. I was a, you know, low 20 hour, you know, 20 something hour, 100 miler. I was finishing in the top 10 and stuff. And I'm not in that shape anymore. Um, and and sometimes it's frustrating. And sometimes I just have to go like, well, I mean, it was great when it when it happened. Right. But stopping back and reflecting on your journey and then the people that your journey brings you in contact with. You go like, wow, that really is magical that this person stepped into my life and pointed me in this direction. And this person pointed me in that direction. And this person introduced me to this person who, you know, fostered my love of this or I learned this from. So you're right. It is so, so great to just enjoy the journey. It is. It's so important, too, because there's so many small moments that you can get lost in or forget about or just take grant for granted for. Um, I love like my training days, like the training and even like looking back and like talking to you like right now, like I remember when I used to teach insanity and just like yesterday's training day, like it wasn't anything special, but just getting out there and there's so many magical moments that you can soak up. And again, like using that for mental, mental strength. And yeah. I would think too, insanity 
just that level of fitness. You learn some things about being an insanity instructor that you bring with you to all training. It's a part of your journey that these lessons learned, you now have maybe made you a better ultra runner. Do you, do you remember any of those things that stick out to you of the things you learned being an insanity instructor that have helped you now? Absolutely. I think like the biggest thing as a teacher, like you're taught to teach insanity and like the whole thing that insanity is based on is like you do segments and like work like fitness movements for like 30 seconds or a minute at a time. So you do as many reps or movements as you can for as long as you can, mm-hmm. for as how hard as you can within that time block. And it doesn't matter what that is. So if that's like five pushups to you and 30 pushups to the person next to you, it doesn't matter. You're doing the best that you possibly can and giving it your all for that time block. And then you take a rest and then you do it again. So taking that mentality of doing the best that you possibly can with that time frame that you're given and applying that to like everyday life in an ultra, that mile that you have, that segment of the trail that you have, um, I think that is like the biggest pivotal thing that I've learned and it stuck with me because even when I was teaching and going through like my own journey of like trying to get healthy, like the kids that I was teaching didn't know my own struggles that I was going through, Mm -hmm. but teaching those kids those things and like watching them grow and like do two more pushups or like five more burpees than they did last class while I was doing my own in the background, it's just so cool. And it's like such an easy thing to think about and an easy thing to apply, but it's so hard at the same time. Like to actually apply that to some aspects of your life, that's hard, but you can do it. Like you can do one more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think too, one of the things you mentioned in that was the celebration of pushing someone outside their comfort zone, you know, pushing mm-hmm. someone to limits they may have thought it was two push ups before. You've got them to believe now, well, the limit is now two push-ups farther than they thought they could go. There's mm-hmm. a there's a celebration in other people's successes and I think sometimes doing that and I think if you're ever kind of stuck in a rut if you're you know, getting caught up in your own mind and doubting yourself uh, go crew somebody or go work at an aid station. Go go put yourself in a selfless position much like you did when you were coaching insanity it, when you were coaching insanity it wasn't about you it wasn't about what you were dealing with it wasn't about your fitness and your life it was about helping others and kind of celebrating the success of others and there's really nothing i've found that makes you more appreciative for what you have and makes you feel better about your situation or your doubts or whatever than just simply celebrating someone else's success outside of yourself. It's the best. And I love our community for that. The running community, be like getting to know people and volunteering, like races are fun and mm-hmm. I love races and I love competing. And like, I'm the most competitive person there is. Like, I love it. But being at an aid station and seeing those people come in and everybody has a story and everybody has this like look in their eyes and they've all conquered something to get to that aid station and you just give them a pickle and it's like their best day of like their life (laughs) and you've changed their whole race and you're just like, 
oh, I love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but like you're celebrating so much, like that pickle, you know, might represent so much to that person. And it's just, that's why I think like, I love Spartan races, but this trail running community, like I'm hooked. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here to stay. Um, the the love and the appreciation and celebration of everybody. You don't know the journey. Once again, like you're towing the line with 50 to 100 to 300 people or more in the big races. Everybody has a journey mm-hmm. and everyone's towing the line with you. And you're all there for like the same reason, but not the same reason. And you're all going after the same thing, but not the same thing. And everybody is so supportive. Like, it's just like the coolest feeling. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's beautiful. And I, 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 I think about like my favorite moments in ultra running. Like if I had to make my top 10, one of the greatest memories that I have in this community is not a finish that I had. You know, and, and what does it say about the community where, you know, you'll you'll know someone for maybe six months and they'll call you up and say, hey, do you want to, you know, drive through the woods and, and feed me sandwiches for for a day and a half and run 30 miles with me? Right, right. It's like, you want to run 30 miles? You get nothing. You get nothing for running this 30 miles. There is no buckle. There is no award. There is nothing. But one of my favorite memories is a friend of mine was was doing a race. I was crewing somebody else. I had just finished my my pacing section. I was funny because I went in there. I went to that race and I was supposed to pace 15 miles and ended up running 40 miles that day. But what happened was <laughs> right. So of you know I was I was crewing and pacing another friend and then another friend came into the aid station and her pacer was just having a hard time and he just he he pulled something he couldn't go on. She felt like garbage. She's like I'm done. I don't know if I can do this. And I'm like eh. I haven't started drinking yet, so let's just <laughs> let's just go. Let's just come on. I'll, I'll go with you. Hang on, me go pass my keys to somebody else. Can you drive the van to the finish? Okay, I'll see you at the finish. And and enjoying those four hours with her from I can't do this to running with her across the finish line. Like that's one of my favorite like memories ever. I I cherish that four hours. Even though I was at that race for God, thirty freaking hours. Like those are some of the those are some of the most it's so special. I, yes, that's like the most special four hours of, of, that I have mm-hmm. with this person, and it was, it was, it was wonderful. But yeah, I'm sure you've had plenty of those situations too, where you're like, yeah, let's. You know what? I'm putting all my energy into you. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I just had a friend. She just hit her. Um, she became the official ultra runner. So hit the 32 mile longest time on feet. And yeah. I got to crew them and like cross that finish. Well, she crossed the finish line, but being there with him and everything, it was, it's just so, yeah. And just seeing the sparkle in their eyes. And so it's, it's really cool. Yeah. We it, do some cool things out there, you know? That we do. <laughs> and no matter if you're running a hundreds or five Ks or just getting started, running is running and like whatever it is to you it's so special and then and again like to share it with somebody else and why they're running and why you're running may be different but you're still doing the same thing and it still might be hard and you're like bonding over those moments in time but still having your own reasons why you're out there 
and sharing those reasons too. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. I think you have to be a runner to understand that sometimes. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, you, you, you do. You bring up a great point because running is this great bond between uh-huh. people. And it doesn't matter if you're a 5K runner or if you're a 200-mile runner. Something about just putting one foot in front of the other as fast as you can for whatever distance. Yeah. It puts you in a category of people that you get each other based on just the fact that you run. That's a that's a that's something in common that you have that brings you so closely together. And I and I and, and I hope that everyone listening to this just takes this. If if you take nothing else from the adventure jogger, nothing. I think so much so many times people doubt themselves and they don't feel like they're worthy to participate with certain people right like i hear an awful lot i only run this i couldn't possibly i would love to run with this person but i only run this mm-hmm. and i think i can speak for the entire community when i don't think there's a single person on planet earth a single runner that if you ask them to run with you for whatever it is, you know, Teresa's, you know, running hellbender. She's got a hundred miles to get ahead of her. But if someone said, Hey, would you run three miles with me today? You wouldn't go, Oh, no, I don't do three miles anymore. <laughs> it's like, let's go. Right. Let's go again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We're all at different points along the journey, but we're all, mm-hmm. we're all runners. And I, I, I mean, I, I'm telling you right now, if you saw Arlen Glick, and you said, Arlen, hey, you want to go for a run? He'd probably be like, yeah, let's yeah. do it. And, even, and, he, and he won't be offended. Like, he'll know that you can't keep up with him. Like, my, yeah. I, I know that if I, if I drop the hammer, my wife will not be able to keep up with me. It's not going to happen because I I I'm faster than she is. But why would I want to do that? You know, like, like, why would I want to? I don't want to throw the throw. I don't want a red line when I'm running with my wife and be like, oh, oh, it's about time you finished. No, but you get to cherish those miles together. Mm-hmm. It's a special, a special thing to share those miles together. You never know. You might be running a hundred miles, thinking that you can only run three. I never expected to run a hundred miles, and here I am. <laughs> exactly. And by the way, you did not pick your most recent hundred mile. You did not pick an easy one. Um, of course not. <laughs> no, no. And, and I will say this. I think this might be the most underrated 100 miler in the eastern United States and quite possibly the entire United States. I know this is a bold statement I'm making, but the Hellbender 100, which it takes place in, in, uh, in North Carolina, and it goes up Mount Mitchell and all of that mountain range there, and it is... It is a brutal, but very beautiful, tough, tough, tough race. And I think it might be, it's the reason why it doesn't sell out. The reason why it's not a Western States qualifier, doesn't have enough finishers is because 
it is so dang tough. There's nothing about that race that looks easy. <laughs> it's not called Heckbender. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> and even like when you're like looking at it and, and I'm less like I live in Asheville, so I got to go out there and train mm-hmm. on the trails and it's like my backyard. So yes, it's like one of the most gnarly ones and I'm, I'm attracted. I want to do the hardest, the most gnarly sign me up. Um, but it is my backyard, so it made it a little bit, I wouldn't want to say easier, yeah. but more enticing yeah. for me to do for my first 100. But even then, like these little sections that I've been on that I know when like string it all together, I'm like, yes, I'm going to make up time out there on this section. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, you're not. Like, no, there's no. And the people who like do under 24 hours, I'm like, you are a beast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very hard to go under 24 hours at Hellbender. That is not an easy task. You did um, do the smart thing of getting a coach and not only just getting any coach, getting one of the brains responsible for Hellbender. And that is uh, the absolutely incredible human being that is Aaron Saft. Yes, yes. I am very, very grateful for him. Um, I came across him. I actually paced Hellbender last year and Hellbender still wasn't a goal yet. Mm-hmm. Like I was still kind of getting into the trail running community. And I found this post on Facebook looking for a pacer for Hellbender and going back. I was like, heck yeah, sign me up. I'll go run through the night with you. I have no idea who you are. Don't kill me, but let's go. (laughs) 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 Sounds fun. Let's go. Um, So I paced that. And after I paced Hellbender, I was like, I can't not like run Hellbender next year. And I still had a few other races that I did that year. And after like my season ended, um, I knew like if I was really going to get into this ultra community and like really push myself to run, I needed a coach. And someone was like, yeah, go like hire the Hellbender guy. I'm like, who's the Hellbender guy? <laughs> like Aaron, the guy who like started Hellbender, he actually coaches. I was like, sign me up. And um, not knowing like, and again, so new in the ultra running community, like I didn't know he was as awesome as he is i was like (laughs) i just need a coach um but yeah i've been working with him since june and he is absolutely incredible and i've learned so much and about myself and training and running and how to do it smartly and i couldn't ask for a better season and we've just begun i feel like yeah what are the three biggest takeaways that you've taken from having Aaron Saft as a coach, or just, you know, it'd probably the same, similar if you had any coach, but what are the three big things you've learned from, from taking on a coach? Slow down, <laughs> um, recovery. And I think just really go for those goals. Like don't be afraid. And just because you're not have like this crazy ultra sign up, like list of, accomplishments it doesn't mean that you can't go for something yeah um he really really supports your goals and as crazy as they are like i came to him with nothing on ultra sign up i think i had two run races and you want to run 100 okay let's do it um so believing in yourself run slower and what was the other one i said 
Recovery. Yes, recovery, yes. which none, none of us take any serious. Don't take seriously recovery at all. It's like, ah, I'm recovered. My watch says it's going to be covered in 12 hours. I'll be fine in 12 hours. You know, it's so funny. Honestly, I have had guest after guest after guest after guest say slow down from the slow roll. Yes, from the best ultra runners in the world to coaches to everybody record setters have all said it slow down but why do so many of us not do it and i'm pointing at myself i have no excuse (laughs) once i like learned that i didn't have to go a thousand miles per hour on every run i'm like this running thing is actually fun. Like, <laughs> I'm not flatlining and dying every single run. Like I can actually enjoy this and like do it again the next day. Like this is what this is about. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the thing. The the the, the early, uh, new runners make two really big mistakes. Well, maybe three. Uh, they they run too many miles. Mm-hmm. They run too fast. And they completely ignore recovery and, tr- and nutrition. Those are like the three biggest mistakes you make when you start into the running game. Yep, one hundred percent. I that was. I, I mean, I was a product of that when I first started. I was just running. I wasn't eating. I wasn't doing anything. I was my first fifty miler. I ran through like every aid station. I didn't. I was like, I don't need you guys. I I need a. I need to run faster. You guys are killing my time. And then it's like you're bonking. And I'm like, why? Why does? Why is this so hard? <laughs> <laughs> you're killing my vibe no i'm not gonna stop what are you talking about stopping stopping's for suckers i gotta hit this pace yeah i don't need your stuff <laughs> like, i think i had two water bottles for 50 miles like i never filled my water like, i'm just like what what was i doing <laughs> you must have been miserable holy cow <laughs> I mean, I was having the time of my life, but at the same time, I was just like, this is like, this. no wonder I stopped. I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> how, how did Hellbender go for you, Teresa? Oh my gosh. It was like literally one of like the best day, days of my life. Um, I had so much fun. And I mean, we trained really hard for it. Like I put my heart into that race. Um, I didn't have any expectations. I knew I wanted to do well. Um, my training went so well. I felt so prepared. Um, and it just all came to life out there on the course. I knew so many people at the aid stations, um, just with it being local. Um, all my friends were volunteering. I didn't know a lot of racers, but I met some really cool people out there, of course, and I had wonderful pacers. My crew was amazing. I couldn't have asked for a better first time a first 100 miler um it was yeah by the way it's it's gonna be and like it's really hard like i know like every hundred's not gonna be like that for me because i have a lot of things that i want to accomplish again but yeah um that that one takes a cake and if they're all like that it's gonna be really cool (laughs) well and 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 you didn't this needs to be said you did not pick an easy 100 miler for your first one you picked probably Mm -hmm. the top 10 percent toughest in the united states to do i mean carl Meltzer, one of the greatest 100 mile runners of all time 
and I always get emails when I say that. He's one of the goats. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll say, this is a mountain I'm going to die on. Damn it. This is a mountain I'll die on. He could barely get under 24 on this course. So what does that tell you when, when the goat is having issues on that course? Do you think you benefited from such a hard one for the first one? Do you think maybe would the experience have been different had you picked... And again, there's no easy 100, but there are races with less difficulties um, on the course. I don't think that really fits me. Like I'm always like any race that I do, I'm going to pick the hardest that like, and it might not be like the hardest, but maybe like the gnarliest. It might not be the most miles, but everything from here on out is going to be one of like, the gnarliest races like known for gnarliness yeah um i think it just fits who i am and like what i want to strive for if it was easy in a like if it's super flat and runnable that's gonna be even harder in its own well, <laughs> like, yeah the climbing the technical i love i i eat it up um and put me in a position where i have to use the mind body and the spirit um that's where i strive if it's too easy then I don't want to do it. Um, so yeah, I think picking that one for my first really, it really pushed me to become a better person, a better runner, train harder, smarter, um, really dial things in that I really needed to dial in. All right. You got to elaborate a bit on that full mind, body, (laughs) spirit thing. What are you talking about? Mind, body, and spirit. Come on. You got to give me more. (laughs) You have to connect it all. Um, when you're out there, I mean, you can train physically. You have Mm -hmm. to, you can't just go from couch to hellbender. So of course there is a physical level. Your body has to be prepared to take on those mountains. Like those mountains are going to show up. You have to show up with those mountains but who knows what those mountains are going to give. I mean, there are points during that race where it got hard, but you have to flip the switch of like, yes, this is hard. I get to be here. Um, what do I need to do mentally to refocus my energy where it needs to go to get through these places? Um, I start singing silly songs. Like one part, um, the dumb ways to die <laughs> that like trend <laughs> yeah. there's this one really bad part and i was not having fun at all like i was having fun but i was just like i just i don't want to be in this like part of the trail anymore i was like this is a dumb way to die dumb ways to die <laughs> and i just kept seeing that the whole like way and it just made me laugh so like you have to Like, so like the mental mind body, like, and then the spiritual is just reconnecting, like with why you're out there, your heart, your emotions, um, really diving into the inwards of what made a, why'd you pick this? Why are you out here? What are you fighting for in that moment? Um, What have you fought for to get here? And when you combine all of those, that's a strong force. And when you acknowledge all those all at once, like I trust my training. Why do I trust my training? Um, What did I do to get here? My legs are okay. My legs feel great. Yeah. My mind is in a good spot. I'm still laughing. 
it may be really, really hot and really, really hard right now, but it's okay. And I love doing this. I love this. Like this is like you signed up for this. This is the greatest time of your life. Have fun. Like I couldn't stop smiling that whole like that whole race. I was grinning ear to ear because it was like it was magical. And you're doing something that you love mm-hmm. and you get to experience that with other people. And why not? Like t- times are going to be hard out there. Times in your life are going to be hard too. Like but if you can take it with I don't know, love and appreciation and being grateful for like the time that you're at. Yeah. Just puts like a whole other edge on. We know, and I've talked to so many people, Teresa, about the, the, the body training, you know, you you have Aaron Saft (laughs) to help you train your body. Um, the mind you talked about early on, just the, the mental toughness you've learned from insanity and Spartan and that sort of thing many books too like, like you gotta read you yeah gotta, you gotta dig in yeah you do it, it always just helps <laughs> who how do you how do you coach and how do you train the spirit i don't really i mean mentors and oh that's a hard question like i get one one heart i always get it, get one in <laughs> dang um <laughs> I think their experiences in, in, I would say, learning from your experiences, being open to really, and I've said this before, like those heartstrings are really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, listening to your heart and being vulnerable vulnerable yeah yeah being vulnerable and being transparent and just being true to who you are um it allows you to kind of shine your own light on and again shining your own light to others and taking that with other people i think yeah like there's so much to unpack in that question that's huge um yeah, so the people around you, I think, is how you train that yeah. and yourself. And just really being transparent with your own emotions, where you're at, your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's huge. Do you have a spiritual mentor that has helped you along this journey? Mm, in and out. Um, I wouldn't say one person, but yeah. I've had definitely had people in my life who are like strongholds. For sure. Yeah. I guess it's like you have those people and then they may not be, you know, reverends and and priests and his holiness. You People may not have the, the holiness in their mm-hmm. title, but I think it's you were talking about being vulnerable, right? It's hard to be vulnerable with yourself. It's like you need to have somebody that you can be vulnerable with. Now, for some people, that's their partner. Some people, it's, it's their it's their mm-hmm. spouse. Some people, it's a training partner that you have that you've met at a race or whatever group run or whatever where you click with that person and you are allowed to be vulnerable with that person where maybe they're not giving you this advice and whatever but you're a lot that their presence their 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 comforting presence their reassuring presence almost gives you permission to start slowly but surely knocking down walls 
and getting yourself comfortable with being vulnerable because it's not very easy for people to be vulnerable no um and even i mean back to like social media like my social media my instagram i just started like writing on there and just being transparent of like even your own journey even if it's like a little blurb like you don't have to give the highlights of everything but sharing just a little bit might inspire somebody else which is gonna inspire you too um i think it's important to if you even if you don't have like that one person to still share what you're really going through right who knows what other people are going through um and you can connect with other people on that level in ways that you may not ever know that you could um and you can change their lives with like a few simple words right like your 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 outward expression of vulnerability on the social media space could be something that says it's okay to someone who's never even met you. They just see you on social media and they go, oh, if this person can do this, then I can do this as well, right? Absolutely. Um, okay, so we kind of explored the mind, body, and spirit thing, right? And how important that was to have the mind, body, and spirit intact to take on Hellbender. When did it hit your lowest at Hellbender? When were you like, oh God, I really should have picked something easier? <laughs> honestly it was in like the last miles um and it was it was a physical thing like my legs were feeling so great and i was with my pacer kate and i told her i was like we're gonna run this in like the whole time i wanted to run like the last miles in and we're coming down the last descent and something with my foot um it hadn't hurt the whole time like there was no physical pain like i was literally on cloud nine having like the best race ever and we're on pace we're coming down like the last scent on heartbreak um and my foot like there was no mobility like we had to slow down to a shuffle and i was so frustrated like mentally i was mad (laughs) i was like no like i was on point to like to keep coming in like probably an hour before i did and i had to go walk and I was like, I'm going downhill. Like I love downhills. Like we were running and I had to shuffle down. And then we got to Jarrett Creek Road and I was still having a walk. And I was I was mad. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, it's gonna take me three hours to walk these last seven miles at this race. And I just, yeah, Kate was in front of me and I yelled out to her. I was like, we are running this. I was like, I did not train this hard and come this far to walk in. Um, and my ABC goal kind of like was shifting, like my C goal became my A goal. Um, and I think that's another important thing to like really realize that your goals can change within a race too right, right. and not let that affect you. So my A and B goal weren't getting hit, but my C goal was still gonna get hit, which was finish strong. And in those moments, I didn't feel like I was finishing strong. And I felt like I was going to regret that finish if I kept walking in. And we talked about it. And I was like, it's not like a bad injury, what I'm dealing with. It's it's pain, but it's not injured. And I was like, we're going to run through this. Like, I'm running and I'm going to finish strong and we're going to complete this. And I think that was like one of the, like, the strongest, most memorable moments because I overcame that feeling like and i didn't regret that finish and i knew if i walked it in i would have regretted 
and didn't have such like a happy ending. Like the whole race would have been cool, but I finished walking. Like, I don't want, you know, and it just like puts that veil over. So once I decided that I was going to run Jarrett Creek in, I was like, dang, I really just did that. Like I switched that switch. Like I thought I was doing some mental strong things that whole race, but this, (laughs) what I just did, that was big. All right, let's do this. And like, I really did soak in that. Like it was probably like 30 seconds of time, but I was like, wow, I just did that. All right, let's go. And we ran in like the whole last seven miles. And I mean, my foot hurt afterwards, but (laughs) (laughs) it healed up fine and everything's great. But um, yeah. Do you, that was the only really low point, though. Yeah. And then, what an amazing thing! And and how how long did it take your body? How how long did your body resist you trying to run before it finally just said, "Okay, guess what? This woman's got it in her head that we're going to run this last six miles, so we're not going to fight it anymore." Well, all down Heartbreak Ridge, um, it was resisting. I wanted to run that, and it just was not capable. Like even there's some trees down and there are always some trees down on that and like it was like a hobble so probably for like an hour and a half and it should have taken me probably an hour hour and a half to get down it probably took me about two and a half hours to get down that stretch um and maybe my time could be totally wrong right (laughs) right, right. but it felt like that (laughs) um but yeah it probably about Cause the aid stage, there's one last aid station. So probably about once we got to Jarrett Creek, five minutes to the aid station, I refilled my water bottles. And at that point I was like, Mm-mm, we're doing this, we're running. So we power hiked those, you still climbed a little bit. We power hiked those those climbs and then we ran, we, we did it. How did the finish feel? amazing (laughs) so good so good i mean in so many ways my whole crew was there um and then kate ran with with me who's like my adventure partner in crime um so she finished with me and it it was incredible it was like okay so now now what do we do (laughs) what's next (laughs) what race to sign up for next um I, I knew I was going to finish, but at the same time, I didn't know if I was going to finish because anything could happen. Anything could happen in a race and you could be so trained and so healthy and so prepared for any race when you tow that line. And then one mile in, something devastating could happen. 30 miles in, something really wrong could happen. And there's like a chance that you can't mental switch that like it could be really bad where you you just have to dnf right so not knowing what my body was going to feel like in 100 miles let alone that race of 100 miles never doing that many miles before racing the unknowns was always like "Uh, i know i'm gonna finish but am i gonna finish (laughs) (laughs) so so that last mile to the finish line felt like 100 miles um so yeah seeing that was really good (laughs) well you brought it up what's next what do you do now (laughs) there's a lot on the on the chopping block (laughs) i told aaron i was like a 200 miler of course he's like go figure (laughs) 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 um i have some fun adventure pacing races to do and then i have another hundred miler in october i want to do cloud splitter um next year i have gdr 
Georgia Death Race mm-hmm. already signed up for that. And I'm looking at Cruel Jewel um, for the Spring 100. And then who knows? Like you have to know like your season like three years in advance. You do. Yeah, there's, there's no. <laughs> you have to like plan your races strategically. Um, I do want to do the year A50. Um, okay. So in like living out in Telluride, I, we hiked and like we, we adventured out there, but to come kind of full circle and go back out to year A and run a race because Telluride is kind of like where I started getting healthy and at the end of my stint there. So to kind of do full circle, it'd be really cool to do year A or year A 100 because Hard Rock, I mean, you got to run so many races and wait (laughs) so long to get into that one. Hard Um, Rock, I I don't get Hard Rock (laughs) and I'll tell you why. I have a friend who's run qualifiers he's been the you know first american finisher at tour de jeans he's been like fourth american at utmb he's like done all of these incredible races he marks the course for hard rock he volunteers for hard rock still hasn't gotten in i don't like who do we gotta blow to get in here come on like everybody just go sign up for year a 100 it's like the small little local race and you're still like in the same mountain range and it's still it's still gnarly. You're doing 40,000 feet of elevation gain on that one too, I think. Yeah, there's a great um, documentary um, about Avery Collins running that race. Mm-hmm. It used to be on Amazon Prime. Look it up. It's worth checking out. Check it, out. it is a very cool race. Teresa Bowser, I all I can say is I feel bad for the mountains that are in your place because I have a feeling you're going to go right through them. And uh, there's amazing things coming from you. And I, I thank you for spending some time with me on the Adventure Jogger. Yeah, that was fun. A lot of fun. So 200 miles for sure, though. That's that's the big goal. Journey to 200 miles. Is All right. Now. Aaron, give her her <laughs> money's worth. Give her the good training for that 200 miler. <laughs> <laughs> he will.